When it comes to Ryan Wingo and Williams Winery, the two five-star players, business is starting to pick up big time between the two and the Missouri Tigers, it would seem. Plus, of course, camp notes including Luther Burden, Brady Cook, and much more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you know what? On this particular day, I do want to start off by talking about recruiting right now because there is so much interesting stuff happening, despite the fact that, yes, the Tigers have opened fall camp. And I do want to get to some notes, of course, about fall camp. But let's start off with recruiting because, well... There's a guy out there right now named Clint Cosgrove who works at Rivals.com who is putting out a ton of information that I think Missouri fans will find incredibly interesting and also quite optimistic as well. Well, when it comes to Ryan Wingo, let's let's start with him, the St. Louis area five-star wide receiver. You know, just going back to my conversation with Brian Smith on the previous episode of this program, he's, of course, Locked On's lead recruiting analyst on our network. He seems to think it's really going to come down to NIL for Ryan. So to me, if it really does come down to money, if the, if the dollars and cents are what's going to win the day, I get that Texas, for instance, if it's really down between the Longhorns and the Tigers, of course, Texas has more money to throw around, at least in theory, a bigger alumni base, a bigger endowment, all that good stuff. But in theory, also, isn't he more, isn't he worth more to Missouri than Texas? Isn't a guy from the state of Missouri, a St. Louis player, Isn't he worth a little bit more to the Tigers than he is the Longhorns? So hopefully that tips the scales in Missouri's favor. But again, back to Clint Clint Cosgrove over at Rivals.com. Over at Rivals, they have something called Future Cast Predictions, where all of their analysts are sort of judged by that at the end of the day. Hey, they they have a history of, hey, how many future casts? How accurate are there? You hit 90%, 95? Are you hitting 50-50? Well, you're probably not going to be employed very long if that's what you're hitting. So Clint is going to be relatively, I would say, conservative with these types of future casts. And so there is no future cast right now for Ryan Wingo. However, in a column that he pinned just in the last day or two here he did predict that Ryan Wingo will be a Missouri Tiger that's his prediction as of today so obviously a very very strong indication the Tigers are in it big time until the end here now with Wingo it's interesting though because He's apparently going to wait until after his high school football season to decide. So it could be all the way until December. So we don't want to put the cart in front of the horse too quickly here. Now with Williams Nowerny, another Missouri product, five-star product, arguably the best defensive player in the entire country from Lee's Summit, well, 
Speaking of future casts, we actually do have a future cast prediction for Williams Nowarney out of Clint Cosgrove, and it is to the Missouri Tigers, which is pretty stunning to me. At least it certainly would have been a couple weeks ago when it really seemed like Missouri was on the outside looking in. But based on all of the different visits and machinations and rumors and even strong more strongly here to me with Clint Cosgrove putting in a future cast for this young man well certainly if the Tigers and Eli Drinkwitz could seal the deal on Nowerny that's the best defensive high school prospect they will have locked down since at least Sheldon Richardson if not even further back than that so Wow, things really starting to pick up for Missouri here. This is really promising. Obviously, second place is basically as good as last in some ways in recruiting, but obviously this is all very, very interesting. But speaking of which, one more note from Clint Cosgrove on another Missouri-based player, CBC's Jeremiah McClellan, another St. Louis area base receiver. Not quite obviously as hyped as Ryan Wingo, but still a four-star player who was attached to Notre Dame at one point. But I think for a long time, I believe Ohio State has been the favorite, considered the favorite for McClellan's services. And it's hard to blame him for being interested in the Buckeyes, right? Obviously one of the premier programs in the country. They've done rather well with wide receivers in the last few years. But again, considering a month or two ago in the middle of the summer, I would have thought that Missouri had zero chance with McClellan the fact that now again according to Cosgrove on August 13th McClellan is going to make his decision the fact that he is obviously listening to Missouri all of a sudden and Missouri has a seemingly at least a shot with him the fact that he's announcing here in the next about week and a half that actually leads me to believe that Missouri has a real shot here on the other hand again back to Clint Cosgrove who obviously has a pretty good in or relationship perhaps directly with McClellan himself based on the fact that he's breaking the news on when he's setting his recruitment here again in a week and a half. Well, again, Cosgrove sticking with his future cast prediction to Ohio State. So if I'm going to get really excited for Nowerny and that future cast, well, I got to throw a bucket of cold water on myself real quickly on Jeremiah McClellan. But again, the timing of all this does at least lead me to believe that Missouri has a chance. Now, when it comes to, of course, the most talked about position on the Missouri roster this year, the quarterback position, well, I'm definitely not ready to assume that Brady Cook is the starting quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. If I had to bet today, I would bet on Brady Cook. You give me even odds, I'll take him out of anybody. But at the same time, it is really interesting to note that, according to Gabe DeArmond over at PowerMizzou.com, it looks like Brady Cook is the number one holder right now for place kicks. And that used to be kind of the conventional wisdom, I would say, certainly 10, 15, 20 years ago, certainly more than 10 years ago, but... I think maybe back to Tony Romo when he was holding for place kicks circa 2007 famously dropped in a rainy game in Seattle, a playoff game dropped one. And ever since then, you know, it seems like the idea that, hey, our quarterback takes tons of snaps. Let's trust him on the place kicks. That makes a lot of sense in theory, but it seems like ever since then, usually it's the punter 
on the team who is taking those, or perhaps even a backup quarterback. Gary Pinkle would even use a wide receiver. I believe Tommy Saunders was a holder on place kicks at one point. He was obviously a possession wide receiver for Missouri for years. So I just thought that was an interesting note, and to me, ideally, you would like to not put too much on the starting quarterback's plate. So I'm not really taking this as an indication of whether or not Brady Cook is going to start or not. It's more of an indication that we don't necessarily love our options at Holder. So maybe just something to watch there. Hopefully that's not something that will bite Missouri in the butt one of these days. But speaking of place kicking, Harrison Mevis, according to the reporters, has definitely dropped some pounds from last year. So I can't see how that would be anything but helpful. Just you know, make him a little bit more flexible, even perhaps just taking off that spare tire just a tiny bit. I can tell you from experience that that's actually true. You feel a lot better when you drop a little bit of that bulk. But speaking of bulk, hey, Luther Burden has dropped some weight too, and I think that's really going to lead to him, in part, having a huge statistical 2023. In fact, I think Luther is going to be a target monster this coming season. So I want to talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs because as all of you know, these days, every new potential hire, if you're a small business owner, it's like a big time wager for your small business. You want to be as close to 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I can tell you from experience using LinkedIn Jobs, when you find the right candidate, you cannot wait to pay that person because they're making your life better. Don't think of it as spending. Think about it as a great trade that is increasing your quality of life. So once again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day and every day or tomorrow on the show. Quite simply, we're going to talk about everything that comes out of today's football practice. So stay tuned for that. The Tigers are. Have an off day, I do believe, on their practice schedule tomorrow. But I won't have an off day for you. We'll be back to talk about Tiger football and basketball tomorrow. But let's talk about Luther Burden right now because while I thought Luther obviously had a, a really, really encouraging and a really good true freshman season, especially when you compare him to all true freshman wide receivers and not our wildest expectations of what that young man could be. And I think if anybody was slightly disappointed at all in Luther Burden's freshman year, it would probably simply be because of the raw statistics. Just maybe not as much target volume as you might expect. Well, I think Burden, and by the way, targets is just a fancy way of saying that's how many times they threw the ball your way, whether it was complete or incomplete, whether you were targeted by the quarterback. So simply put, I think Luther Burden this season, he's going to move from the outside to the inside this year. 
And I think that's much more of his natural position that he typically lined up in high school on the inside. And by the way, based on how your sort of modern style, traditional, I shouldn't say traditional, your modern style shotgun heavy style offenses go these days that often have three wide receivers, most importantly, well, the ball tends to be funneled toward the slot receiver quite a bit. Number one, to make an obvious point, well, it's a lot. You don't have to throw the ball as far to throw the ball to your slot receiver as you do to your boundary wide receivers. So there's that. And also, a lot of times those guys get into favorable matchups at times against safeties, against maybe nickel corners, star players, linebackers, whatever it might be, just not your traditional shutdown corners who typically are going to be roaming around on the outside and the boundary of the defense. So right there, I think if you're a type of person who likes to bet over at FanDuel.com, maybe you like to play the daily fantasy college game over at FanDuel.com, Luther Burden's a guy who might be a little bit underrated on your daily fantasy early in the season, I'm really interested to see what his yardage totals end up being on his prop bets for the season over at FanDuel. More than likely, unless it's over something crazy like a 1,000 yards or something like that, I don't think FanDuel set it quite that high. Then I don't think there's much value. But if it's anything under you know, nine, 800 yards or something, I'm going to hammer that one pretty hard. So hopefully FanDuel, the the odds makers over there, are not listening to me right now and they're simply giving me the ad revenue that I oh so desire. But speaking of the wide receiver room for Missouri, it's gotten a lot of hype so far in the preseason, despite the fact that Missouri obviously missing some important players. Barrett Bannister has was a really important possession receiver for Missouri the last few seasons, and obviously Dominic Lovett transferring to Georgia. But here's the thing. Again, here's the optimist take on this. Again, Missouri really likes its depth, and by the way, again, Burden should be able to take over Lovett's place in the slot in theory, and I think give you similar production this season. And also, considering last season... Missouri almost had too many smaller slot type players, which is one reason why Burden sort of by necessity played on the outside, maybe somewhat out of position. And as Eli Drinkwood said, talking to the media yesterday, it's not just about catching the ball. It's also about blocking on the perimeter, which we did not do nearly good enough last year. And then from that point, it's about running routes, creating separation, making explosive plays, and breaking tackles. Again, potential means we haven't done it yet. And, you know, I think that's one of the other things about having a bunch of smaller slot players is blocking is harder. Of course, not only on the perimeter with those wide receiver screens, which has been a staple of the Drinkwitz offense, but of course, in the running game as well, blocking, is, if you're going to have more wide receivers you have on the field, well, when you occasionally decide to run the football, guess what? Suddenly you're a de facto tight end if you're a guy in the slot. Think about the 2013 Tigers as a great example of this. That was one reason why the Tigers, of course, they had a, one of the great offensive lines in Missouri history as well. But certainly having some really large men in Doriel Green Beckham, Marcus Lucas, LaDamian Washington, among others, guys who are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", plus 
out there blocking against guys who are much smaller than them. Certainly when Henry Josie, Marcus Murphy would break it to the outside where you're getting a lot more yardage there. And obviously those wide receiver screens, which have obviously been a staple of the Drinkwitz offense, are going to be a lot more effective if you have better blocking. And by the way, again, back to Luther Burden, it's one thing he really showed last season is if you give him the ball just in space, give it to him quickly, he can make something happen, especially in the red zone where he was really effective getting the ball for a touchdown on those wide receiver screens. And you know what? Speaking of my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, it is too early apparently for any season-long player props and totals, but we do have futures to win the national championship. And more interestingly, from a Missouri fan's perspective, odds to win the SEC. And yes, I'm not certainly not predicting the Tigers to win the conference at this point. Everybody pump the brakes for a second. But I do think the Tigers are a decent value. Plus, I want to talk about the most interesting thing I've heard about the Pac-12 in months. Coming up right after this. Be sure to check out the St. Louis Cardinals tonight at 645 on the SiriusXM app or on your dial 177. The Royals taking on the Mets tonight, 710 on the app or channel 181. And of course, you can find this podcast and all the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network on the SiriusXM app as well. But I got to tell you, speaking of sponsor reads there, our fans over at FanDuel Sportsbook have the Tigers at 120 to 1 to win the SEC in football this year. And while certainly Missouri is a long shot to win it, no doubt about that, I think they should be more in the range of where Auburn and Mississippi State are to win at the very least. Both of those teams are 75 to 1. So again, I'm not sitting here telling you to run out and rush to bet Missouri here, but if you are the type that likes to put a few bucks on a long shot future and your favorite team happens to be the Tigers, that's the type of person you are, hey, I don't blame you whatsoever. Why not throw it down? I'm just telling you, as of right now, you got a decent value. Play it now before maybe the analysis start to come out and like Missouri a little bit more, and well, you'll just get better bang for your buck at 120 to 1 than maybe... I don't know, say 80 to 1, where I think it'll probably settle up. But I guess there, speaking of the futures, I guess there are a lot of Texas A&M fans out there who like to bet because otherwise I can't quite figure out how the Aggies have the fourth best odds to win the conference at 13 to 1, ahead of the Tennessee Volunteers at 16 to one, by the way. In fact, if there's a true value that I think can win the conference, doesn't it have to be the Volunteers at 16 to one? I don't know. I'm not the biggest Joe Milton fan in the world, but Josh Heupel certainly seems to know how to get it, get the most out of the quarterback position, the receiver position. So I can't be dismissive of Tennessee whatsoever. I think having A and M ahead of them, well, I don't know if that's insulting to the Volunteers or way, way, way too nice to the Aggies, kind of leaning toward the ladder, but again, still like the, the Vols there at 16 to 1, not too shabby. And finally, after USC and UCLA decided to leave the Pac-12, 
For the greener pastures of the Big Ten, well, especially now with Colorado going back to the Big 12, boy, the Pacific 12 Conference is looking more moribund by the second. It's looking like a dead man walking. But I got to say, there was some interesting news out the other day, some interesting rumors, maybe, if you will, that the Pac-12 Conference, who is still looking for a TV partner, a streaming partner, perhaps, has at least had some contact with Apple. Yes, that Apple, as in your iPhone, your iWatch, your your Apple Watch, all that good stuff. I got to say, that intrigued me a lot, and there's a simple reason for that. It's not because I'm necessarily the world's giant Apple Plus TV guy outside of Ted Lasso, which I'm a big fan of, but no, there's a new product from Apple coming that people who've actually gotten their hands on it say is going to be totally revolutionary. And it's called the Vision Pro. A lot of you have probably heard of it. I'm guessing none of you have really gotten your hands on it yet, though. While some people who are media members, industry insiders, have gotten their hands on it and have been frankly blown away. Now, the Vision Pro, it's basically like the Samsung Oculus. It's the headset that you put on that sort of gives you a virtual reality, a metaverse, whatever the buzz phrase is that I should be using here. Essentially, it's just going to change how you view sports, essentially, among many other things that the Vision Pro is at least attempting to accomplish. Now, I'm certainly a little bit skeptical of this, but at the same time, mostly because I myself haven't gotten my hands on it, it's hard for me to totally visualize this, but apparently it's a totally engrossing experience, according to some that have watched it, a vision, a version of the Vision Pro while watching Major League Soccer, and they're saying it's sort of like a totally way more immersive version of, of watching a 3D movie to the point where it's like you're sitting pitch side at a soccer game and the ball comes whizzing by you and you can't help but just jerk your head back because you think you're going to take you're going to take one to the face or something like that. So to me if the Vision Pro truly is this revolutionary, that'll give a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't be watching the Pac-12 a reason to watch it. If it's truly that revolutionary of an experience, well, now suddenly the Pac-12 has something for at least, I would say, a season or two. This is basically going to be beta testing mode, maybe, I would say, next season if this actually happens. Well, you could at least have a leg up on the SEC and the Big Ten in a way that really I don't see any other way you possibly can because it's not as though Notre Dame is knocking down the doors to come to the Pac-12. That's that's simply not going to happen. It's either going to be the SEC, the Big Ten, or it's going to remain independent. Which one of those is going to happen? Well, you tell me. But again, I do think the Vision Pro may give the Pac-12 a little bit of life, at least initially. So, I don't know. Tell me tell me what you all think about the Vision Pro. If you're, if you're a tech person out there, I, I'd love to hear your, your opinions on it. And especially since I'm a stock guy, I'm a tech guy myself, I'm just interested in the product. So, yeah, hit me up anywhere on social media at LockedOnMizzou, LockedOnMizzou at gmail.com. So, until next time, and again, for you everydayers, we'll talk about today's practice on tomorrow's show. I'll see you then on Locked on Mizzou.